It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, guys? Uh, the Giants suck. So I figured we might as well do a uh, bonus uh, audio podcast, at least, because I don't feel like being on camera. So what we're going to talk about now is the 2021 top 50 players. Now, I'm not going to talk about the top 50 players. I'm presumably going to talk about you know the top 25 men, uh, 25 or so men that are on the list, not because I have anything against women. I love women. I have a wife, a daughter. I, I love them. I just don't know women's lacrosse. I don't have time to watch it. Uh, so for those of you that get mad at me for never covering women's lacrosse, I am all for covering women's lacrosse if someone was willing to do it for me because I just don't have enough time between a full-time job and doing this on the side. So I wanted to kind of go through and rip through and, and, and I'm going to, before I get into it, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I can't help but do that. Even though this is an audio version, I feel wrong not saying all that crap at the beginning of the video, but, uh, uh, legit, though, uh, you can go get a T-shirt if you want to support the channel, Lax Factor, www.laxfactor.com, and you can do that, get some swag. We have a bunch of other crap outside of just T-shirt, the uh, brand, like, you know, podcast-related T-shirts. So right off the bat here, I see number 50, Asher Nolting, High Point. Um, Nolting, and I agree, They're, they talk about in this how Nolting wasn't quite on pace uh, to match his 2019 season, which is 100 percent true. 2019, he tore it up. Now, I will say, and what I had said um, in my preview for the 2020 season, that Nolting put up 100. I think he put up 100 plus points. Maybe put up 90 plus points in 2019, and he did that with putting up. I, th I don't quote me on this, but it was like 50 plus, possibly as many as 70 turnovers I might be way exaggerating it but it was a boatload of turnovers and when you put up that many points and you carry the ball as much as he does and you get keyed on as much as he does you're going to turn the ball over a little bit but he turned the ball over a lot so one of my keys for his 2020 season was he's going to be able to not only continue that success but probably improve upon it if he can cut out some of those turnovers, cut out 10 of those turnovers, cut out 15 of those turnovers. And I believe from a turnover perspective, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I bet you just based on what I saw and I watched every high point game that I could get my eyes on, which ended up, I think, being two or three games during the season, maybe maybe even four, because I watched a couple of the early ones where there wasn't even, um, uh, I think there was like one that I watched with no announcers even. It was just the game with with nothing. But uh, moral of the story, I would presume that he had a few more turnovers that he was on pace to equal the turnover. And 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 they lost a couple of guys offensively, so they kind of had to figure things out. So I'm surprised to see him this high, but that's where it gets tough because it's hard to tell, well, why is he this high? Is it, is it just because we've got 25 girls worked in here? Did they did they go nuts and get all woke and put 35 girls in here? You know, I mean, if it... This list is stupid if it's not 25 guys and 25 girls. And I was already thinking it was a little bit weird that in the top 10, they didn't go five and five. I, I think if you're going to put a woke list together where you're going to put guys and girls together and they're going, it's not even really the same sport. It's very difficult to compare 
the skill sets. It would be it would be dumb to do this in basketball, I think, too. But in lacrosse, it's not even the same sport to a degree. Uh, just make a list of twenty five guys and twenty five girls. Why? water it down by doing it together like this uh but anyway i digress i I thought it was a little bit weird but we're uh we're in it the the list itself isn't bad it's just weird that they put the lists together like this um 48 kyle gallagher uh so let's call him 24 i'm gonna eventually lose count like that so we're just gonna count them uh count them down the way they're doing it uh face-off guy notre dame and he's actually penn he played at penn he was he was one of the big reasons penn was as solid as they were you know not one uh, not the reason but a huge piece to that puzzle gallagher and uh when he transferred to notre dame that was huge 65.4 percent um face-off percentage in 2020 and i think he was similar maybe a little less than that maybe a little higher than that in 2019 i don't have it in front of me but kyle gallagher is legit huge pickup for notre dame in terms of the transfer portal notre dame has quietly put together a really really nice squad for 2021 by uh, snagging a couple of Penn transfers. They snagged Gallagher, uh, Thornton from Penn. They stole the two kids from Taft, although that's, I believe, a future uh, two future players. Like There was a bunch of guys, though, that Notre Dame has picked up that they're, they're going to be real nice on top of the fact that they were, they had a, a good team in 2020 to begin with. So picking up Gallagher, though, I think is that is the biggest, one of the biggest gets overall because that that great that was they 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 weren't terrible at the faceoff x and if i recall correctly their guy was a 55 maybe guy i think but he was athletic and i think he got up and down the field a little bit and uh, with gallagher they get a dude who can both run down the field and score a goal and win 65.4% of the faceoffs that he takes and so that's that's huge bad for the acc good for notre dame uh 46 chase scanlon Syracuse, uh, first midfield, uh, you know, with Scanlon, he's, he was what an honorable mention, all American, I think in 2020, he was a third team, all American, I think in 2019. And I I was just trying to read their comments on here and it it just didn't make sense to me. And I was, I was trying to spit it out. I was getting, getting dumb. Um, but yeah, led the team in goals, 18, and points, 23, 46.2 shooting percentage. Scanlon is an is a, he's not a full off-ball guy. Scanlon, Scan, people think of Scanlon and they think, okay, this kid's a, a finisher, uh, and, and he did a lot of that in, in, in Loyola. And if you just looked at the stats, you would assume that's what he is, is kind of an off-ball attackman, off-ball midfielder in the, in the case at Loyola because he played midfield at Loyola that first year. But with Scanlon, he's he's a little bit more than an off-ball player. He's he's not your prototypical off-ball. I picture a prototypical off-ball player being a Brown, uh, uh, you know, of the old days, or um, uh, uh, a Mac O'Keefe now. Uh, you know, guys like that, where legitimately what they do is get open and snipe shots. And even those guys can duck underneath and and do things like that. But you know, whereas O'Keefe is a true off-ball player and one of the best true off-ball players I think that has ever played the sport period uh, O'Keefe is just incredible in space like it, it's it's like watching a clinic being put on when you watch Mac O'Keefe Scanlon is like that off-ball in a more mixed way because Scanlon's off-ball play isn't just let me get open and score goals it's let me get open in transition like crazy and score goals or just make things happen let me get open you know just in space in the field 
catch shoot score, but his where he really excels and where he he stands out as a player and the reason he's a legitimate all American is because when he catches a, a, a pass, you know, he's that two dodge guy. He's that guy that he's not just good off ball where he can score. He's good off ball where he can be off ball. You dodge, you draw a little bit of eyeballs. He catches the ball and now he's one-on-one with his guy with no help. And he can handle almost anybody in that scenario. So Scanlon goes a little bit deeper than just an off ball guy. He's not, and, but with that said, Mac O'Keefe can snipe from anywhere. Scanlon's not. Scanlon's going to be pretty deadly, you know, in the area 12. He, he'll stick one from 15 here and there, but 12 to 8, forget about it. You know, Scanlon's as good as anybody. A guy like Mac O'Keefe maybe has a little bit more range, but Mac O'Keefe doesn't dodge probably as that, as that two step, three step dodge the way that Scanlon can. And I think Scanlon can take that a little bit further. So great player. Great player. I'm glad to see him on the list. Um, now we've got Ryan McNulty, LSM from Loyola, back for a redshirt season. Second team IL media All-American, led the Hounds with 11 cause turnovers. Uh, he, you know, just strong all around. Great, great in six on six, gets up and down the field. Um, Loyola score, uh, you know, in terms of Loyola scoring defense, he's, you know, been a big part of them you know, being considered a really solid defensive team year in and year out here. And now he's been there for a couple of years, handful of years at this point. Uh, so he, you know, in terms of defense, you're, you're happy to have him and he will anchor your defense and he will, he will be vote. I don't know about vocal, but he will, he will be able to lead the defense. And then offensively though, in terms of getting up the field, getting the ball from the defensive end to the offense, offensive end in transition, he's as good as anybody. So McNulty, you know, right up there where, um, he, a, a legitimate all around two way threat. Now let's get back down this list here. And this one I can't believe this dude is this far down the list. And I haven't even looked at the list. I'm just, in case you haven't noticed, uh, where I had to kind of go with McNulty off hip. Jackson Morrill is listed at number 42 on this list, which means they have him on the high side of 20. And that is unbelievable to me. This is an attackman, people, that, you know, just empirically, I don't know how you can have Jackson Morrill this far down the list. Not only has he tore it up at Yale, and like this thing says, he's uh, Yale's number two all-time leading scorer. Had to get a sip of the beer. I hear the Giants game has started again behind me, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay attention to that right now, and I'm just gonna keep rambling. Um, I'm offended almost that Jackson Morrill is is this uh, far down the list. The reality here, Jackson Morrill is a has been, I believe, a Twarton finalist the last two seasons possibly I believe he I'm almost positive he was a Twarton finalist last year but I want to say he was a Twarton finalist the last two seasons not counting um uh, the 2020 season uh I'm saying 2019 he was a Twarton finalist yeah okay I'm wrong he was a Twarton finalist in 2019 2020 I don't know what the heck happened um so and then I think 2018 I believe it was probably his teammate that won the Twarton that year so Anyway, moral is legit. How are you, how do you end up being one of the top five players considered for the Twarton in 2019? You tear it up in 2020, and you end up in the outside of the top 20 in the NCAA men's lacrosse ranking by inside lacrosse. That is a travesty. This kid can play ball. Denver is lucky to have him. It is a huge loss for Yale. This kid is a legit 50-50 triple threat. He can score goals. He can create his own 
opportunities and score and he can feed uh, and he can play within himself. He's uh, one of those players that he doesn't need to get a bunch of touches to get into the game plan and to get dirty and, and to, you know, put points up. He can let other guys do some things as those guys are carrying the ball or as it dictates, maybe he's being keyed on and they're trying to avoid the pole that's guarding him. He's still going to find ways not just to get goals off ball, but to get the ball and create offense in general. So, I think it is a travesty that Jackson Morrill is this low on this list. If I had to pick Jackson, like easily top 10 player in the NCAA, Jackson Morrill is a huge get for Denver. And it's a re- he's one of the reasons, him and Kotler both, in terms of transferring to Denver and, and just Denver, you know, obviously Tierney is a big reason, but Denver already had a good team. You now put who I consider to be one of the top three attackmen in the country, top five for sure, should be top five attackmen in anybody's list, but he was a Twarton finalist. You put that dude on your attack, you pick up uh, Kotler as a midfielder who's a very solid midfielder, and then you've got the whole score of players that already, uh, you know, started you out in 2020 pretty solid anyway, and... Boom, especially my favorite, Jungle Jack Hanna. And yeah, I can't believe that he's that low on the list here. Hey guys, as I always say, if you want to help the podcast out a little bit more and uh, it's as easy as simply sharing this with your friends, putting other people onto the idea of this podcast and this show and all that, you can find us on youtube.com forward slash lax factor you can find us on anchor.fm forward slash lax factor or anywhere where you get your podcasts we're on instagram uh it's instagram.com forward slash lax factor podcast we are on facebook facebook.com forward slash lax factor we are even on twitter although i do not get twitter completely at this point twitter.com forward slash lax factor or beyond everything else you can go to www.laxfactor.com pick up a t-shirt if you want to really support the podcast and really put us in a position where we can put out more content more often it's kind of weird to say it like that simply go to www.laxfactor.com we have brand related uh, t-shirts and then just random across uh, apparel hats mugs all sorts of crap so you can go there as well and as always thank you very much for listening